Welcome back to the 5-Minute Bible Lesson. A lot of times when I talk to my sisters in Christ, they kind of have an idea that women are not as significant in the body of Christ because they aren't necessarily going up there to preach or lead singing or communion or anything like that. And to that, yes, there is truth in the regards to uh, men having specific roles, such as women having theirs. And women aren't lower class or second class citizens in the body of Christ. They're equal, but we all have our respectful different roles, right? And here I am as a man saying that. Forgive me for <laughs> my ignorance, of course. But today I kind of want to have a brief conversation about gender roles and why in the Bible it seems like at times women are not as mentioned as the men are. In order to understand this, though, we need to look at the culture around the Bible. This might hurt a bit, ladies, as the book is written. I'm reading from a different study here that I think is very insightful. But the Bible reflects a culture in which women didn't really have full rights as people. They were not even considerable, or excuse me, considered reliable witnesses in legal matters. Often when you read the account of a crowd in the Bible, you will just be given a number of men in the crowd. That can make the event... Even more amazing when you add in women and children. Matthew 14, 19 through 21. What it means there is think about when Jesus fed, quote, the 5,000 men. It doesn't take into account the women and children that were potentially in those crowds, which would mean Jesus could have fed 10 or 15,000 people if you think about it. Potentially, right? Anywho, we're going to continue on before we get in trouble of adding things to the word. Basically, in Bible times, men were trained for farming, hunting, and fighting in wars. Women typically tended to the children and cared for the needs of the home. There were expectations, or excuse me, there were exceptions, though. Deborah was a judge, as we see in Judges chapter 4, verse 4. Miriam was a worship leader in Exodus 15, verse 20. Anna was a prophetess, as we see in Luke 2, uh, verse 36. When you understand the typical role of women in the ancient world, then you understand how revolutionary Jesus' life was and his ministry was. He honored women as people in John chapter 4, verse 7 through 9. He allowed them to minister alongside him and even support him in his ministry, as we see in Luke chapter 8, verse 1 through 3. Today, when women struggle, excuse me, today when women still struggle against gender stereotypes, Jesus' style would be refreshing in the time in which he lived. It was downright radical. Now, one thing I want to add to this is uh, we also see Paul in his writings where he talks about women and men having the roles. One thing that's always ironic, you might jokingly say Paul was a ladies man, but what I mean by this is a lot of times when Paul ends his letters, he'll say something like, say hi to so-and-so for me and greet so-and-so and you know he names off names most of the time they are women and it's not because paul was having again he wasn't a ladies man he wasn't having an inappropriate relationship the point is in letters to greet a woman and not the men that was again radical and odd but paul wanted to show us that men and women were equal and paul was well dare i might say the first feminist and i mean righteous feminist i don't mean modern-day feminists where they fight for the right to, well, anywho, we won't get down that rabbit hole. That's a conversation for another day. But he was the first modern-day feminist that said that women were equal to men, they have their specific roles, men have their specific roles that are equal yet uh, unique. And he greeted women, he didn't treat them as an accessory to their husband, like, hey, Johnny, 
and your thing? No, he treated men and women equally, not women as objects or accessories. He also vouched for uh, protecting the sanctity of marriage because back then a man could marry a woman, he was allowed to go sleep with other women, and if his wife ever did anything wrong, he was allowed to kill her. That was in Roman culture. It was just evil, but Paul said, no, 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 no. Your men need to respect you and honor you, stay faithful to you, and you likewise do the same, of course. He fought for women's rights and to protect them, and so did Jesus. That's why the gospel was so radical in changing the shape and the face of the world as we see today's culture. A lot of uh, women today that don't believe in the gospel will state that, uh, well, they don't really know how they got to where they're at, where they can have jobs and equality. We see our own specific revolutions in our American culture, and you might see it in your nation too. But most of the wonderful things we have today are because of Jesus and Paul's teachings, such as women's rights, such as hospitals, such as schools, and hospices, and other wonderful great things in this life came from Christianity. And so, men and women, we can thank the Lord for the rights that we have today, and it's not the secular world that's going to give you righteous equal rights. It's just going to shift, shift the balance of power. If you want equal righteous joys and rights in this world, you need to turn to the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's the one that sets you free and can change the shape of the world for the better. So again, if you're a lady listening, pardon my ignorance. I'm a man. How could I ever know what it's like to be a woman? But I hope the word of God and what we talked about today was insightful and encouraging. And know this, women, you are not second-class citizens in the body of Christ. You are equal. Though our roles may be different and unique, um, I invite you to look at the body of Christ, look at the word of God, understand your spiritual gift, and do what you can. That is, again, in accordance to the word of God. Do what you can to contribute to the body of Christ and utilize your unique role. You might not necessarily be a Sunday morning preacher. You might not necessarily be the one that leads communion on Sunday morning. However, you have a unique role, and I invite you to uh, dive deep into that role.